0: Hello and welcome to the Midweek Mood, podcast extension of the healing place. This is the podcast where we try to examine scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves what does it actually mean? mean. Hey, I'm so glad you guys would join us wherever it is, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Hey, thank you for being part of what we're doing here at The Healing Place through this podcast. Uh, Last week, Pastor Scott sat down with Mike Conaway talking about some of the events leading up to the verse we're focusing on, Matthew 16, verse 18. And today, Pastor Scott's going to give you guys some of the context of the verse itself, the location that we're taking a look at, and and what it means. But before we get into that, I want to invite you guys to email us or message us through Facebook, right now and let us know how you walked out last week's challenge. Last week, Pastor Scott challenged us to ask ourselves, what's something we've learned in the last three months and to evaluate our season, where we are in our season of life. So I we want to hear from you guys, email us mediahub at t 3 and let us know. And don't forget to stick around to the end of this video because Pastor Scott begins doing another challenge for you guys today.
1: And so he crosses over and so they're heading to this place, Caesarea Philippi. Now Caesarea Philippi, verse 13, it says they came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. Now even to this day, you go to the region, quote unquote, of Caesarea Philippi, you're really going to go to one place. You're not going to go to all these amazing places and these amazing bodies of water and these amazing restaurants. You go to the region of Caesarea Philippi, you're going to go to one place. It's a mountainous area. It's it's been created. A space has been created, as almost everything in Israel has right. for tourists, for people to come and to see. But in the midst of that, in that region, you will go to this place. There is a mountain side that you'll face, and you'll see, very high. You'll see an opening crevice in this mountain. You'll see streams. How
0: many times have you been there?
1: Uh, Seven, eight, I'm not sure. sure. Enough
0: times you're not even sure. A lot, yes. (laughs) A lot of times. So visuals are popping into your head right now. And
1: so it's like, uh, and and, and in the proper season, very green, the trees are there, there's shade, you've got water running, Hmm. you've got this scene that looks pretty, but when you see the backdrop of what it was when Jesus takes them there. Hmm. So again, Cesarea Philippi, almost the northernmost part that you can go to, um, from jerusalem again we said jerusalem holy place that's where everybody went legendary to. yeah not just the people in israel but around the world at feast time you come to jerusalem that's right. the holy place well jesus takes these jews and says well let's go to an unholy place <laughs> and let me ask you a question yeah we're
0: taking you to vegas now <laughs> right right yeah
1: we're taking you to the strip I mean, that's what's going to happen. And it says that he lays this out and he says, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That's almost a leading question from him. Because the Son of Man is going back to David and Adam. Yeah. Right? So it's not going to Son of God territory. It's Son of Man. Right? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And so they're like, okay, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Like people are saying right now that you're not a heretic, you're not full of demons like some have said, but really they're saying that you're a prophet. They recognize you as a prophet. They recognize you as a rabbi, as a teacher. Mm-hmm. They see you as having some semblance of authority, right? And so he, he says... But who do you say that I am? So here they are in this region where, northernmost part, unlawful for Jews to be in this specific place. Because again, that mountainous region, you've got even kings hmm. led what we would know today as orgies in this in this place of worship. Yeah, There's not any historical data specifically to say child sacrifice or anything like that, but there are some... Uh, historical documents that lean toward there there was possibly even human sacrifice in this place. There were certain sacrifices that took place here. They believed it, they would it would be akin to festivals would take place at this place with all manner of just degradation. It was and, Sin City. Oh, it was Sin City. Yeah. And then they believed one time a year that spirits were released out of this crevice, this portion of this, this rock.
0: Oh, see, I didn't know that. This That's rock, this mountain, yeah.
1: <laughs> that spirits were released and took into this crevice, this portion of this rock, rock, and they mm. called it the Gate of Hades, Yeah. the Gates of Hades. And so the Jews knew this, and here they are. Jesus has them in this place. Again, there's no other documentation that they had anything to do here, no ministry to do here mm. nobody's getting healed here they're not having a meeting here 4000 are not here it's just a almost a random let me bring you to sin city
0: and teach you something
1: and teach you something let me establish something in you before the leaven is established in you
0: and it's amazing what he's about to establish he takes him to a weird place yep to 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 make this something inside of them become real. Not when a he holy was, place. Because he could have just done that in Jerusalem. That's right. In the temple,
1: amidst worship and everything else, like in the atmosphere. So he atmosphere. gets them, in a sense,
0: spiritually, as far away from the temple. Yep. Not fit, I mean, they could have traveled a thousand more miles. That's right. But to them, because he can only travel so far in their day... That's right. He's actually taken them out of one place and literally crossing over into a place where this shouldn't be where they receive their most religious experience. That's right. Because but what the he's going to what
1: he's going to teach them is is he's not only establishing something in them, but he's going to build something in them that cannot be made with the hands of man. Yeah. And therefore geographically he's taking them away from the physical temple and spiritually he's about wow. to teach them that it's not about the physical temple but it's about the spiritual temple that he's going to establish inside of them. Hmm. And so what do we learn from this part of this conversation? Like, you know, kind of where it leaves off is that Jesus is bringing them to this place that doesn't seem holy, yet a very holy thing is about to take place. It's, It's something that's going to go so deep in them that once Jesus is gone, he's no longer with them. He's dead, he resurrects, and he ascends that what he does in this moment is so holy and so deep that they carry it with them the rest of their lives. Like, it becomes the foundation of the birth of the church. And for every believer to this day, it's the foundation. And yet he does it in a place that seems very odd. And I think here are some things that I think that we can learn from this. And that is, many times we we equate moments with places, right? And a lot of times we begin to think that those moments or those feelings or whatever happens can't happen anywhere else but that place. Sometimes we can be that way with vacations. You know, you take a vacation somewhere and Man, it just seems to click with the whole family, and now you're like, we've got to go there every year, or we can't have the experience we just had. Not realizing that it wasn't necessarily where you were at, but who you were with. You know, when, when you think about vacations or you think about family, sometimes we do think of destinations, but more than that, we really think about the experience we had with the people, right? Right. In this case, Jesus takes them to this place where not only are they not supposed to be there, but there has to be this feeling of we're we're doing something wrong. Like, this should be in the temple. This should be in a holy place. He shouldn't be asking us this question here. And I think if we fast forward that to our modern day, what we find is people think that God can only speak to them maybe within a building, a church. God can only speak to them if somebody's preaching to them. God can only speak to them if there's music going on, or we put all these confines on the Lord, and what we forget is that a lot of times the deepest things that Jesus want to establish in us happen outside of the place where we think it should happen. It happens a lot of times when we least expect it. I mean, you guys know this. It's like, you can be standing in line somewhere, and all of a sudden you get this feeling about the person in front of you or behind you, or even the cashier, and it's like you feel like you need to speak an encouraging word. Sometimes you maybe even feel like you need to pay for their stuff, or you need to bless the cashier, or you something like that. You just know God has put it in your heart. God is trying to do something in you. And in those moments, we either say yes or no. There is no maybe. It's either yes, I did it, or no, I missed an opportunity. And not only did we miss an opportunity, but we probably missed a moment where Jesus himself could establish something in our lives. Because we know that when we are obedient to do what God says, it, it firms up some things in our lives. It gives us courage and confidence to do what? To do it again, Right. That's, that's what being on a firm foundation does. When you're on a firm foundation, you have an understanding that no matter what may happen around you, it's not going to knock you down because you're on a firm foundation. The uncertainty of not knowing what your foundation is allows you a space to go. No, I'm not going to do that because I'm probably going to fall. No, I'm not going to do that because that's going to take me down. No, I'm not going to do that. And how many opportunities do we miss not only to bless somebody else, but when you use your giftings and you do what God says, it establishes and firms up something inside of you. It builds your faith. It builds your confidence. It gives you courage. All those are things that have to be purified, refined, and strengthened. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Build it up. In what? Your most holy faith. There's a surety about it. And so I, I think the, the the action step for us out of this is I want to encourage you this week. I want to encourage you that wherever you're at, let it be the most unlikely place. You're at the garage uh, getting an inspection for your car. You're at work. You're uh, on break. You're eating at a restaurant. You're grocery shopping. Whatever it is, the most unlikely place. And would you be so bold as to say, Lord, Lord, do you want to use me right now? Would you, could you use me right now to encourage somebody to speak to somebody so that I can sure up my faith so I can build myself up in my most holy faith. So you can establish something in my life in the most unlikely place. You know, it can happen anywhere, anytime. I've been in some pretty weird places. I've been in some pretty strange surroundings. Uh, My team around me, they know that, man, just weird stuff tends to happen sometimes. Not saying I'm the only one that happens too, but it does seem that some very, very strange things happen to me. Um, And when I'm in those scenarios, my first thought isn't, hey, I need an escape to get out of here. Where's my exit strategy? My first thought is, man, God, could you use me in this situation? As unlikely as it may seem, can you use me? And every time I have prayed that, And every time God has done that, it has established something even stronger in my life. It's built up faith in me. It's given me courage. It's given me confidence to then do it again. And now I'm not intimidated by surroundings because it's already been established in me in the most unlikeliest of places. So I want to encourage you this week. Action step. Look around you and be like, man, I'm I'm not sure God could use me in this situation. And instead of Creating an exit strategy. Why don't you just go, Lord, could you possibly use me in this place? Could you possibly use me in this line right here that I'm standing in? Could you possibly use me, Lord, in in the parking lot as I'm walking here or in this place as I'm here? Could you possibly use me? And Lord, I am willing for you to use me because I know that you're going to establish something good in me if I do. So there's our action step this week. Hey, may the Lord bless you guys, and we'll see you next time.